I'm just thinking already about my plan to wake up with enough time to make coffee or buy coffee. Double Dungeon Radio Show. Double Dungeon Radio Show. It's Double Dungeon Radio Show for Tuesday, sometime in July, on a day. (laughs) I'm unemployed. What's the date? Uh, 20. 21st. 21st. It's the 21st. Yeah. Sure. Oh, wait, no, I know it is. We'll call it, uh, yeah, July. <laughs> Did I say June? No, no, you said July. Okay. Yeah. I barely know what year <laughs> it is. All I know is that unemployment ends at the end of the week. I'm very not, or the bonus. The bonus, I'm yeah. I'm not excited about that. Yeah, what are we to do? I don't know. The answer is I don't a, know. We're going to buy a yacht and we're going to go live in uh, the Newtown Creek like all those Aren't other those, people. No, those are expensive. No, the yachts are cheap because people are trying to get rid of them because they can't afford the upkeep. So we, we just get a yacht, <laughs> and then we park it. If you're parked in the Newtown Creek, there's not that much upkeep you need to do. Okay. But you do have to like climb over, shimmy over a fence to go take a dump somewhere behind some shack out okay, there. Okay, that sounds terrible. Well, that's what we're doing. So, Adi. Yeah. Got some hard takes or hard takes, hot <laughs> takes. Wow. Out of all of the hair metal bands that had sustained success. In the 80s. By far the least talented and worst of all of them. What are you about to say? Is Poison. For sure. The one with Brett Michaels. Okay. Terrible. Everything about them is terrible. Their songs sound super thin. Like really just obnoxiously like tinny. Um, Brett Michaels st- stinks as a vocalist. Really? I think so. I, I just say I, I don't know them. So. Um... And just overall, like, their their subject matter, their songs is lame. Everything about them is lame. They're a bunch of lames. Oh. And then he went on and did the, what was it, Rock of Love? Yeah, and as a result of his show, we got Daisy of Love. Which is your favorite? All worth it. You remember that show? It's the blonde girl and all the contestants are supposed to be, like, punk rock to her and... She was a contestant on Rock of Love, and then she got her own show. I don't know anything about it. What so. you 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 watched some of it with me? I obviously was. This is years doing it ago. In protest, under protest. Years ago. Um. Anyway, so Poison stinks. Hot take. Plants are too hard to take care of. I've been trying. We just don't know how. Really hard with all these plants, and then Jenya came over the other day and was plant shaming me. Why? Why? So, uh, they're just very hard. We're I've been trying to water them all the again. time. I try to water them all the time, my plants all the time, and I try and like look and see if I can figure out what's going on with them. And I pull out the bad ones, and I I see, make sure put my finger she in comes the to soil. Our house to insult you. And I just have to say, plants are too hard to take care of. I'm gonna get some plastic. Don't plants. let her get to you. No, plastic, that's not, no. plastic plants. Let, that's a solution. Don't take her feedback. Hot take. Time is a very difficult spice to love. And when they surprise you literally, and throw time on your French fries at Cafe Colette or Charlotte, I mean. Yeah. I really liked it. it, The problem is that time, some people say that like cilantro tastes like soap to them. Mm -hmm. And they say that it's some kind of genetic 
it's obviously a deficiency, but some kind of genetic <laughs> thing where uh, cilantro tastes like soap to some mostly white people. Um, I think that thyme just tastes like mold to me. It, it's really, really, yeah, it's hard to, the one place that I do like thyme is when I'm making like a bean stew, like a, with smoked meats and that kind of thing. Then I'll throw some thyme in and it usually tastes pretty good. But otherwise, like just on stuff, it just tastes like mold. It tastes it's really like, gross. Oh, it seemed like there wasn't too much of it. On the it was fries. a ton. And there was rosemary too. So rosemary and oh, thyme together. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the rosemary. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were together. Um, Adi? Yes? Let's talk about some low-hanging fruit. We want some low-hanging fruit. <laughs> so the internet was ablaze over the last week and a wow. half. Wow. With this stupid video of people cutting into things, and then surprise, it's really cake. Did you see any of this? No, it was I'm all glad over I the didn't. internet. So nice. it'd be like a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, surprise, it's actually a piece of cake. Oh, it's your oh, kid's I head. I, I don't know. You cut those. it. Ah, it's yeah. a piece of cake. People don't. People were like super freaking out, saying, "I can't believe that's cake." They obviously don't understand what fondant is because all of those cakes that look like something. It's it's not the cake that makes it look like that. It's the fondant. And fondant is basically like picture Play-Doh but made of sugar. And that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm unimpressed. I, I mean, at least this isn't anything negative, right? At least it's just people just don't know a lot about cake. I guess they don't. But if it was like, oh, this is actually buttercream frosting surprise. I'd be really <laughs> impressed because that'd be hard to work. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, but fondant, it's like, I mean, that just means that somebody knows how to work fondant. I don't know. Yeah, Unimpressive. In an impressive way. Uh, Adi. Yes. Let's get on with the show with our theme song that is not Poison. We're all going to die. Over the weekend here in New York City, there was a massive outdoor party, I guess, in Astoria on Steinway Street. Oh, Did yeah. you see the video from that? It was like hundreds, I saw some photos. hundreds yeah. of people out on the street, no masks anywhere. Nobody had masks, not even the people walking around. And they were densely packed. And it was uh, not just restaurants uh, that have liquor licenses. There were also bars that were open, which bars are not supposed to be open right now. Bars that don't serve food. Food. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I'm making air quotes for food. Um, the worst part, I think, is that this is going to be used as justification for shutting down all of the bars or going down, going hard on all of the bars when it's obviously just a bunch of people being idiots up in Steinway or on in one specific spot. Yeah. It's not a good look for anyone, um, unfortunately. And Cuomo was doing a big thing about how they're not supposed to be open if you're just a bar. It's only supposed to be bars and re- or restaurants that also have a bar that are open. But there's a lot of bars right now that are skating by. We just uh, visited one that had pretzels and mustard was their food. And they had they had some bags of chips. Oh, but that Cuomo again Prom- prominently during, on a table during his press conference said 
said that we're not talking about chips. Yeah. We're talking about sandwiches or soups. Yeah, but bars aren't hearing the same thing from Cuomo or the mayor. This is the, or again, the, this is the, the problem. It, it all comes down to just lack of communication and coordination between departments and relaying this information to the people that it's important to get it out to. There are, I mean, you, you're yeah, on. How can you run a business that way? Yeah, you. They want these businesses open as soon as possible because they need to get people back to work because they need to get them off of the state unemployment fund. Yeah. But they're not also giving them a way to legally do it. That is going to help anybody. Yeah, they're really not. So they're going to use their own uh, methodology to shut them down based on, I guarantee, on this stuff that's happening up in Astoria and around there. So Let's see. miserable. Absolutely miserable. Um, I also think that it's uh, annoying because the bars, the, the bars that are open up there are making the rest of the bars look bad. And they're going to give them, like I said, reason to shut everything down yeah. again. So. There's so many. They're, they're trying to do the right thing and they're just trying to get by. Yeah. You know. Howdy. Yes. The internet is completely over. This could have been a low-hanging fruit segment, but I smoothed okay. it over to here. So did you hear about um, the website Wayfair.com? That What's sells wrong with them now? Furniture? They're always in hot water over something. Well, uh, last week people were freaking out online. Uh, accusing Wayfair of being involved in child trafficking because people found a bunch of like uh, industrial size cabinets that are made of metal and they're supposed to be fireproof and they were retailing on the <clears throat> on the website for like ten and fifteen thousand dollars and what people were doing is they were finding the product name and it would have like sometimes it was like a person name it'd be like oh this is the Kenneth yeah. Metal Wayfair. And then they would do a Google search for abducted kids named Kenneth. And then they'd be like, see, there's there was a kid that was named Kenneth that got abducted. And but, so if people order this cabinet, that means that they're buying that kid and it's going to get shipped to them. That's not what that means. No, that's not. not, not that's, I mean, I, it, it was uh, slightly humorous <laughs> at first. And then when people started taking it actually seriously, I was like, this is people... People need to check their carbon monoxide detectors. Um, one of the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning is feeling like uh, you are being watched or that these kind of theories are true. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So a lot of times people think that they're, uh, that people are like trying to attack them or that uh, there's some deeper conspiracy going on and it's all related to carbon monoxide poisoning. Huh. So check your carbon monoxide detector is the moral of the story. Um, Adi? Yes. Our phones are killing us. In an unrelated related story, Jelaine, Jelaine, Maxwell, Jelaine? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know either. I know how to read it. Wait, the other day you I barely know how to read it. You said like a normal name. Jelaine? Jenny? Jennifer no, Maxwell. Said, no, you said was like a, Jillian last week. Jillian. I like, now I was like, is that how it's? Is that how you say it? Jillian, I had no idea. You blew my mind. Jillian Maxwell was finally arrested um, after not really evading law authority. Like people knew where they were, and they found her at a house that belonged to her. So it's like, good job, guys. You did great. It's just, I guess, yeah. And I agreed, agreed upon time. Yeah. For um, so they went and got her though, and when they got her, the big news story was that she had a cell phone 
wrapped in aluminum foil in order to mask its signal so that she couldn't be uh-huh. tracked. And the media was like, ha, imagine thinking that aluminum foil could stop the powerful tracking software that's built. It, it, it actually does work. Yeah. If you wrap it in enough foil, it actually will kill the signal. So, But the stupid thing is, they sell these pouches that you can slip your phone in. They're called Faraday pouches um, for your cell phone if you want it not to be giving off signal. So I don't know why she didn't just buy one of those. But I don't know. Had it on hand in the cupboard. And if she's so <laughs> concerned about being tracked, why does she even have a phone? To go without a phone? You can get a burner phone. Go buy a bunch of... Uh, they're, yeah. they're like, you know... 25 bucks for a track phone with 100 minutes or whatever. I don't know. Is this story even true? Yes, it's true. She had a phone in aluminum foil. Good for her. Okay, fine. You're no, no, un- I don't know. I just... Unimpressed. Unimpressed wait, no, by... Wait, should I be? I no, I don't wait, know. Oh. Social media stinks. If you don't um, get it together as co-host, I'm going to bring in the uh, Craigslist what? intern that even... I've <laughs> been I wasn't trying for. to offend you. <laughs> mean anything by it. Craigslist intern. Craigslist intern. Adi. Yes. Social media stinks. <laughs> yeah. Can we agree on this? Oh, wait. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. I, th- I thought you were going to play the music again. And no. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, New, York State, <laughs> New York State introduced a bill today. I think it was today, uh, that is going to bar jobs from requesting social media profile information and credit history from their applicants. Jobs have been doing this for years, asking people for their social media profile passwords, login and password. Why would they think that's like not invasive? They know it's invasive and they They're just think it's they're part just of it. Yeah, they it. just decide oh, that that's what's Oh, you want to work for us? Process. You have to give up all your rights. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Why? That's how much you want to work with us, I anyway, guess. Yeah, so they're gonna, it is insane. They're going to bar them from doing that. Um, and the credit history one is actually a big deal, too, because uh, a lot of jobs are using credit history. If you have, like, a dinged credit history, they view you as a not trustworthy person to have right. around the job. Oh, and especially if you're handling money, you better be have perfect credit. Yeah. So it's very stupid. And uh, it doesn't sound like it's actually going to pass, but they introduced oh, really? it. Yeah, they said there was pushback. Um, for what big business i don't know people who like snooping in other people's facebook profiles hr managers there you go makes their job easier just go right into facebook download all the worst photos of the person and then that's your no you should i feel like you shouldn't use anything that someone has behind a login i agree or yeah it just it doesn't make any sense what <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I'm making faces over here. <laughs> Have just... I asked you for your login? No. No, I'm just thinking about people who probably just would use your social media as it is when it's not part of the application process, like a public social media is this, is Are you turning this into a thing about me taking over the Double Dungeon Twitter account? What? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> people can find that. It's at <laughs> Double Dungeon, the number four, the letter U, yeah. at Twitter.com. <laughs> and Adi's mad that I'm posting no, stuff on no, there. I don't know why. I wasn't talking about that at all. <laughs> Not anyway, at all. I, I think that's what it was. Well, you're fired, Addy. What? We live in a surveillance state. All right, this is a long one. I'm going to go rogue 
start posting on it. This is that's Once fine. It's your password. account too. Uh, He's fired. This is this is gonna be. Remember that one episode that I was reading something and then all of a sudden my brain just like died halfway through. Kind of. Abram said he was listening through and he heard that moment and he was like, "What? What? Is he okay? What happened?" Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna try and make it. This is all right. this is a long one. It is. Okay. Yeah, this is a long one. So Donald Trump is deploying his super secret mega secret police in Portland. Have you sure. heard about this? I'm sure you have. Yeah. So there's people out there in military garb. Whoever they are. Yeah. Driving around in unmarked vehicles because what they're doing is these are federal officers who were deployed there without vehicles for some reason. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So they rented a bunch of minivans. And so what they're doing is they're driving around and arresting people who are graffitiing or doing trespassing, anything like that. But they're not always displaying their identification. Yeah. And they're wearing military garb, which looks like the uh, U.S. Na- uh, U.S. Army, and the U.S. Army actually asked them, asked the federal government, please uh, use a different uniform because Cut you're 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 um, basically because you're not wearing any any other identification. Sometimes people assume that you're the army, and they're not. They're yeah, actually department. Of they would. They're, they're DHS agents, and uh, so what they're doing is they're stepping in. But the problem is that they didn't actually run any of this by the local uh, government who would also refuse to cooperate but they didn't run it by them anyway so they're just stepping in and arresting these people because they say you know it was like 40 something days is too much that's the the, the yeah they just decide phrase online can't handle it um so this is all bad and they the other thing is that they keep referring to all the protesters as violent protesters or violent anarchists whenever they refer to them even though they there's tons of evidence that they're not violent until pe- these guys come no. out with their tear gas and start shooting at people. Yeah. Then they get violent. So that's bad. That's on top of all of that. Congress is currently working to pass the Department of Homeland Security's funding for the year. And Democratic leaders in the House are working to bundle the Department of Homeland Security's funding in with Health and Human Services and sorry i'm checking real quick uh-huh uh, can't, can't imagine oh department of labor they're trying to oh, bundle it all together oh, okay um which is going to make it next to impossible to fight specifically just the dhs funding which yeah. again secret please everybody's mad about this mm-hmm. on the hill yeah let's just connect this to something else so that we can't really argue about it is what they're doing that's, yeah, that's which is insane and uh on top of all of that uh, the GOP is pushing at the moment for Department of Homeland Security to have uh, expanded powers to start uh, surveilling American citizens. The phrase that the D- uh, that the GOP is using is, sorry, I'm trying to find it right here. It's internet searches as a starting point, which means that they want to be able to start surveilling people as soon as they are searching for something that the Department of Homeland Security is concerned about. That would include any website that's related to any protest basically yeah um and here's where it's here comes the part where my brain turns off because i have to read something this all sounds terrible already it's terrible it's absolutely terrible um so one other aspect of what the gop's push is right now is that they just negotiated with schiff and pelosi to um allow surveillance under that that uh, definition at at beginning with survey uh, with search history um that's only for non-us persons 
is the way that they used it in the legal language. Mm -hmm. People who are not covered under non-U.S. persons legally is all of those DACA recipients that we've, we're always talking about. Yeah. And so the way that it can work is that the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security can dragnet search all DACA recipients' web uh, history and any U.S. citizens that happen to get caught up in that, that information that was contained within a DACA person's search history is allowed to be brought in and used as uh, to bring cases against actual U.S. citizens. So it's by expanding the net wide enough, they're going to start reaching for more and more American yeah. citizens. So That's awful. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Like, I, where did you even hear about this? Because you know, um, I, The Intercept. Nobody's it just came talking out today. about it. It just came out today, but it, okay. it's on The Intercept. The Intercept, of course, is yeah. concerned with surveillance. and that, That's awful. Yeah, it is terrible. Um, oh, the... the very upsetting the worst the in in the article on the intercept the worst thing that they say is that okay so we have secret surveillance which is surveillance of american citizens or at least people within america because of this new push and we also have secret police in whatever group of the department of homeland security it is that's operating without identification and those two things together is they're both heinous in, in and of themselves, but together it's just absolutely unbearable and can't exist in a proper democracy. Yeah. So just be concerned. Be concerned about this. That's all I would say. Adi, we're living in hard times. Hard times. Did that last story upset you? I'm sorry. Um, so we're living in hard times, Adi, here in New York City. Yeah. And the hardest part about living in New York City right now is something I didn't even realize I missed until I realized it doesn't exist anymore here. When we were, when I was in college and when you were younger, if you needed a pair of shoes, you knew exactly what neighborhood in New York you had to go to to find a good pair of shoes. That was like 8th Street, right? Yeah. If you needed gardening supplies, where is that? It's like 20 second. Gardening supplies? Gar like gardening plants and stuff like that. Flowers. Yeah, flowers. 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 Yeah, 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 flower district. Yeah, what is that? 20 something? Uh, I'm not sure, but I always confuse them with the fashion districts. Oh, and then there's a fashion district if you need fabrics. Or what's crazy is that the fashion district used to be Garment like, district. Garment district used to be like, okay, the cloth is all on this street. Okay, the buttons are all up and down this <laughs> one avenue. And, okay, the sewing machines themselves are on this street. And then uh, just over time, that, that kind of stuff just all started disappearing. If you need plastics, Canal yeah. Street was the place to go. There was like 15 different plastics shops. And just over time, they started breaking down because rents started rising. And now it's just like the entire city rising. is like, yeah. okay, cool. It's a Rite Aid and a DSW, I guess. And there's a, I need plastics. Where am I going to get that? I don't know. Probably an outer borough. I don't know. Canal Plastics might still be there, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, just yeah, overall, it's like... I don't, I don't like know about districts. The, like the that. fashion... Like, that's what I mean, is that the, the, garment, the garment district yeah. is there. The shoe... That street is completely gutted. There are no shoe yeah. shops on 8th anymore. Uh, they all just got priced out because that neighborhood got popular. 
but yeah overall it's just really disappointing how that was like kind of neat that you'd be like okay i for example with shoes it would be like okay i need shoes i would just anytime i needed shoes i would go walk up and down the street and see what was on sale and fit my feet and then i would that's what i would buy because i was a broke college student yeah Yeah. so shopping anyway it's not really hard times but it's kind of hard times yeah, because everything has to do with, like you said, it's rising rent. Yeah, it's all you rising rent. get priced rent. out. Exactly. The people who are your original consumers get priced out. There's no way yeah. to exist that way yeah. for just, a just, small business. Just yeah. buy it on Amazon, Adi. Come on. Thanks. Adi. Yes? Cash only. Allegedly. Allegedly. There's a coin shortage going on. I read a headline. Yeah. Didn't, didn't click so the article. It's like, sure. Coin shortage going on due to coronavirus. Huh. Um, a lot of stores are switched to cashless, which, number one, doesn't circulate coins at all. But number two, a lot of people aren't doing as much in-person shopping so that, again, the coins are stuck at their house. I've noticed that I've been getting a lot more coins, but I, I, the only thing I can figure you is that I'm been? just... Yeah. Just, I have a, a t- we have a ton of coins. We have like two hundred dollars in coins we need to get rid of. Hey, well, I guess we have to contribute to society and and yeah, let's bring those over the we bank. Need to go to, we need to go to the bank, but don't yeah. go to the Chase Bank because it just got robbed recently. What? The one over on Manhattan Avenue. Remember? It did. Yes, we're going to talk more about neighborhood robberies, but yes, that Chase Bank e- just I didn't got robbed. Know that. Yeah, like two weeks ago or three weeks really? ago. Yeah. No one told me. Yeah. Well, wow. don't go to that one. Go to a different one. Actually, that's the closest one. So go that's to that the closest one. one They're not going to rob it within two weeks, right? There's one on North 7th, I guess. Anyway, we're not hauling coins down to North 7th <laughs> unless we're also going to take the... We're a backpack. We'll, we'll go to Vinny's, the pizza place, and drop off a bunch of coins in exchange <laughs> for pizza. Um, uh, so what I was saying is that, yes, there are there is a circulation break, and coins are circulating in one direction, which is into the hands of the end user and not within businesses. So there's a coin shortage. They're planning on printing a lot more coins to fulfill demand. And the banks are also making available the maximum amount that they have. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that aren't open. So yeah. I don't there's probably coins. the issue. Maybe that's what that guy that was breaking into places and taking all the coins was oh, doing. Maybe. He's trying to get the coins <laughs> out and back into circulation. Wow. What a nice guy. Uh, we're going to talk more about the robberies, especially that, <laughs> that one. Howdy. Yes. I read the news. So Domino Park, which is a the bougiest of parks here in our neighborhood, which is quickly becoming one of the bougier neighborhoods in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, it's... You're, you're not making noises that the people because, can't hear because you. Because I'm trying to just... Dis- well, I don't know. There are a lot of pockets of... Okay, well, this is... It's, it is a... Can I commit to a statement like that? It is a park, <laughs> it is a park that is located at the bottom of one of the largest luxury high-rise buildings okay. in the entire neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, can really we just agree on that? Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> can't make a borough-wide statement. <laughs> so... They hired this park recently, which is supposed to be a public park. It's privately owned, but part of them being able to build this giant luxury tower was that they had to have a public park at the base, right? Yeah. Because the city sold them the land? Why Why is that? Do you know? 
I don't know. Okay. Well, there's it's contingent on them having a public I'm, I'm park. I'm sure there. it had to do with either the number of floors or the amount of apartments or whatever Something tax like that. whatever huge tax break they got. Yeah. So they had to have a public park. And so they recently hired public or private security to start standing at the entrances to the park and yeah. demanding people show them they're they need to checks. they're doing bag checks and it's ostensibly to cut down on drinking in the park they said the, all and the wild fireworks, fireworks. Yeah. yeah which I, here's the problem is that just by do because it's a public park but it's owned it's run privately them doing the bag check there people are going to just go three blocks over to the regular park and yeah. drink and light off fireworks, which I'm actually fine with. I haven't seen anybody drinking but in the then, park being outrageous recently. I'm sure and the fireworks are just a bonus for me. So fireworks are a bonus for us. But yeah. that makes it even worse because then you really just have the people who probably. But that's what I'm there. saying is that yeah, yeah this this public private cooperation is just leading to all of the alleged degeneracy going on in yeah. public parks, which is wrong in my opinion. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's not like other people have said it. it that's supposed to be for the public. It's not their front garden. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Waterfront property, you know. And on top of all that, one lady said that she was uh, a white lady with a black friend and she was allowed to enter with her drink, but her black friend was turned away. Yeah. Which is um, great. They also made it so that one of the entrances that used to be just a regular entry to the park is now exit only. To really force you to go, go through, through the that security, one side. yeah, it's ridiculous. Whatever. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that park kind of stinks anyway. I'm not a big fan of that oh, one. It's always too busy, and then on top of that, it's so thin, like from front to back. Pretty thin. It's very thin. I like going to the uh, the state park. What's that one called? I don't remember what the new it's name is. Whatever the state park, the yeah. the one that's run by the state, where it's deeper. And actually, I, even more that's than a that, great space. I like uh, the other side because it has a bathroom, which is great. I, <laughs> love, I love going to the bathroom. Adi? Yes. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. I have a conspiracy that I invented. Yet another okay. homebrew conspiracy. All right. Conspiracy theory. I think that barbers invented the shape up i'm going to define all this in a minute barbers invented the shape up in order to increase business all right so for people who don't know what a shape up is shape up a barber will take the buzzers and they trim around your natural hairline and your natural what is this part of your hair called temple around your temple yeah, so and they buzz and trim it so that it looks completely clean and not natural at all. Just completely like cleaned up all the way around. The problem with this is that if you get that done, within about four days, your hair is growing back and it looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. So my theory is the reason they started doing this is so that people had to come back more often than once a week, yeah. which is already <laughs> a lot. More often than once a week in order to not look terrible. That's my theory. It's pretty good. I think it's pretty good, right? Yeah. I think they did it. I think they're devious like that, and too. I don't know the history of any my, of them. My barbers, every time I go, because I go like once every two months, 
to the barber. <laughs> and every single time they're like, oh, oh what? A, how, can, how can you live like this? Yeah, kind of? And yeah. then at the end, they're always like, we'll see you in two weeks. And I'm like, basically like <laughs> on the way out. Yeah, right, buddy. I'll yeah. see you in two months. So that's my theory. At least you always go back to them. If I, if I were to get clean, if I were to let them, they don't do it because they're actually, I think they're like Uzbeki or something like that. But if they were to uh, clean me up, then I would look terrible. Absolutely. Even just awful in two weeks and I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, yeah. I so, see what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's a trick. It's all a trick. Adi. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for some, uh, let's switch to the B block. Let's talk about uh, some listener advice. Wow. If people want help, they can email us, doubledungeon at hotmail.com. Email us. I just realized I didn't look at the, the hotmail. All I right, only checked well, the voicemail. Well, you better look. Okay, well, anyway, write us and I'll, I might get to it next time. I can't. There's no Wi-Fi in this room. Okay, wait, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm taking a quick pause. All right, we're back, Adi. I'm okay. a fool. I'm a fool. What do you mean? We got an email. Oh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it That's right great. We got an email from... Our listener, Abram, and it says, Gross story time and up to oh, no man. good are in my top five favorite segments. You can't get rid of them or else you'll lose me as a listener and therefore lose one of one one hundredth of your listeners. He's incorrect, actually. It would be like one thirty second of our listeners. Um, I guess. Your pal, Abram. Gross story time is terrible. So if you want to email us, feel free. Oh, wait, we got one, too, from Ineta it says re respond to me as soon as possible i want <laughs> oh wait we got another one wait i'm seeing more emails now i gotta check this more oh, often yeah oh no i didn't i didn't check oh, this one yeah, we also I... got an email from andrea it says i love ashbox and then th- ashbox that's is great the 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 headline is i love ashbox and then the body of the email says ashbox i love it me too so i really do uh, this was actually a successful email outing. Uh, I will have to remember to check this. Yeah, <laughs> for, come on. For real next time. Please email us. Um, I love your emails. It, our email, doubledungeon at hotmail.com. Should I make a, a thing like the voicemail thing? I don't know. We'll think about it. Think about it. Uh, voicemail. All right, this one I actually checked. We didn't get any voicemails. Oh. I just wanted to play it because I know you like that. I do. <laughs> uh, so uh, if they do want to leave us a voicemail, which you should, and people under the age of 10 are fine, all those <laughs> listeners out there, I know there's a bunch of them, uh, give us a call. Our voicemail, as always, yeah, is... Sophie not listening to the show anymore? I guess not. I think she oh. was just a daily Double Dungeon fan. She doesn't actually oh, like... Oh, no. So in, next week, maybe she'll call in next week. Okay. All right. For daily um, Double Dungeon. So again, our... Uh, voicemail line as always Adi yes I think it's time for us to make some money so I've identified a potential sponsor of the show and okay. this is their, of course, free introductory 
Awesome. Advertisement. Let's go. I think this week we should talk about Wafas Express, which is also now part of Pastrami Masters, located at 812 Grand Street. You've had this food before. Wafas Express. So it used to be Wafas Express, and it was just Lebanese food. And then at some point, they teamed up with people who were in their family who made pastrami for oh. a Jewish deli for decades. Oh. And so they started their own chain. They broke off and started their own chain called Pastrami Masters. And so Wafas and Pastrami Masters are sharing a kitchen now because, you know, Grubhub, nobody knows what yeah. you're actually ordering from. Also, why not? Yeah. So at 812 Grand Street, you can. it's called Wafas Express still, and it's Lebanese food, and you... Get, it's kind of expensive, actually. That's the the only but, problem. But you brought that but, plate home recently, yeah. right? That so, was good. So they'll make you a plate that comes in one of those square foam containers, and it's like nineteen bucks, but it weighs like two that and a half. A it weighs like two and a half pounds. Yeah, there, there's it might a be, lot of it might food be, in it. It might be seventeen, but it's still like a lot. It's still, yeah, that's a. Tr- but yeah. it's like two and a half pounds. It, you and I both ate it for lunch, and we still were like we're full, right? It was a lot of food. It was a lot of food. Yeah, and it was good. And it's good. So. The best thing about them is that they, number one, their meat is like really good. It's always really, really good. Yeah. Um, the, I don't know what they call it. It might be shawarma. I don't know I what don't they know. call it, but it's a sliced meat. Um, and then you can get it with two sides. I always, they make a hummus. Their hummus is fun. It's hummus. It tastes like hummus. They make a baba ganoush that is excellent. And it's very, it's got like a smoky tinge to it, which I don't even know if baba ganoush is supposed to be smoky, but it's slightly smoky and it's really good. But the best the number one side of all time to get at Wafa's Express is Mujadara, which I had never had before. And one time, I, they, the the offerings are like lentils and rice, rice, or Mujadara. And I was like, I don't know what this Mujadara is. Give it to me. And it's bulgur wheat with lentils and caramelized onions on top. And it's excellent. It's so good. I've never had it before. It's... The bulgur wheat is like kind of like just a swollen little round grain of rice, but it's really good with a little snap to it. So anyway, they're excellent. It's a little, again, it's a little pricey. They could come down a little bit, maybe make this portion size a little bit smaller, but it's excellent. It's really good. They do make sandwiches too. I've never actually gotten a sandwich because I'm always getting it for delivery, but maybe I should just try a sandwich. But then you don't get the mujadara, which is the best part. I want the mujadara. So, um, oh, one other... (laughs) The only other complaint I have, too, is that their pitas are just like regular pitas and they roll them up instead of like oh, folding them or something. Yeah. So it's like when you unroll it, it's like this little twisted mess. So that's that's, like, that's my only other complaint. So Waffles really Espresso, good. it's very good. Uh, definitely try it if you like uh, Middle Eastern food. It The spices are definitely not like the regular. There's a lot more like cinnamon flavor little cardamom maybe just slightly different flavors than your normal middle eastern place so adi yes i have latent psychic abilities i think that's my favorite transition and it, it makes me <laughs> sad that i'm not more psychic because oh. i wish i could play it more so when all of this started happening with the restaurants and bars in New York City reopening, and I saw them all building out their spaces, the first thing I said, so what, for people outside of New York, I should explain it better, actually. So restaurants in New York City 
were given permission to build a patio in front of your business that occupies the same footprint in the street. So you get as much parking space as your business facade. And you can build a patio there with a lot of people have lights and like an overhang and tables. And the point is that you can get business that way with people being outside and also socially distant. Right. So all of the businesses were starting to open up these patios. And the first thing I said as soon as I sat down in one is that this is going to get hit by a car. Some drunk person is going to ram right into one of these and kill somebody. Last week in Queens, there was a uh, a car that drove up onto the sidewalk and ran over five people. I don't what? know if you saw that news story. Yeah, it was no, in Queens. I didn't see yeah, that. yeah, a car drove up onto the sidewalk and ran over five people who were eating outdoors. So I knew it was coming. That's it's terrible. Awful. It's absolutely terrible. But I knew it's just too dangerous. They can't. So on top of it's all the drivers of that, that are the problem. It's the, it's the drivers and it's people not being aware of their surroundings enough. But my main issue, and I told you this, yeah. if they're going to do this, the city needs to coordinate. And at the, uh, the traffic side of every single one of these places that has outdoor seating on the, the corner that is most out into the street, you drop a jersey barrier. A jersey barrier is one of those giant concrete barriers that they use for temporary construction and stuff like that. But if a car hits that head on, the car is going to stop. The jersey barrier will slide, but the car is going to stop. Yeah. And so for every single one of these outdoor seating places, it's, it's wrong. In my opinion, it's negligent of the city not to coordinate, to put one jersey barrier at the corner of each of these, the traffic facing side, of course. Right. So. It's again, it's it's the city is just failing on every level to actually enable businesses to try and make money. And then they're turning around and shaming the businesses when they go out anywhere outside of what the city is allowing them to do. So can't keep up with what they're allowed to do because it keeps changing on them. Exactly. So it's just bad. Howdy. Yes. I have a story from our life. So a couple weeks ago, I had made a, well, it was like less than a week ago, I had made a sausage soup with kale and white bean. Remember that soup? That was a good soup. That was good. And um, the problem was that I didn't actually have enough sausage really to make it as sausagey as it should have been. So the next day, I went to the Polish deli here on the corner, which there are lots of Polish delis in our neighborhood, but I went to the one right here and I walked in and I was looking around at the sausages and everything's in Polish, so I have no idea what I'm actually ordering. I just go based on look. Yeah. And I'm looking around, and for some reason, most of the sausages are like six ninety nine a pound, five ninety nine a pound, kind of expensive. And they come in, you know, so- they're sausages, so each one is usually right around like anywhere from a half to two, three quarters of a pound, something like that. So I'm looking at the sausages, and I see one that looks just like regular Polish sausage. And so I was like, oh, give me that one. What is that? And how much is that one? She said, oh, that one's only $3.99 a pound. And I was like, great, perfect. Give me that one. And I got it. And it was excellent for what I was using it for. The flavor was really good. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn. It had a sticker on it. Because when they weigh it, it, they enter what it is, the item number. And it prices it out accordingly. And so I've got this sticker on the package. And it said like, seven J's and a two Z's and a whatever in polish 
And so I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. So I go to uh, the internet when I get home and I'm like, I'm going to find out what this sausage is because it's a good sausage. So I go to the website and I type in uh, Polish sausage types and it comes up with pictures and everything. And so I'm going through and there's like Hunter's sausage, which sounds awesome. There's one that they, um, it's smoked and it's like super rich and smoky. And they say that uh, they serve it at the end of weddings to sober people up enough to get home. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great sausage. I want to try that sausage. And then uh, there's like just other random sausages. And finally, I get to the sausage that I want to know all the information about. And so I, it says, you know, whatever the word is, sausage. And it says regular sausage. <laughs> that's what they like. All the other ones had like cool names like hunter yeah. sausage, wedding sausage. Regular sausage. Regular, that's the one. So that's what we got was regular sausage. Too, yeah. Regular people. And so when when you, like, if you go buy Johnsonville regular Polish sausage at the grocery store, that's like the the weird, overly chemical version of what we get here. Oh. Yeah. From Basic. B-A-C-I-K is the name of the Polish meat company that everybody uses. So, yeah. Anyway. I also like Polish bacon. The Polish bacon is good, but that one I actually had a bad reaction to. I think they use a lot of nitrates in it. Um, but the good thing about it was that it comes skin on and one time, I think I talked about it before, but one time it came and there was like a pig nipple on it. And so I was like, this is extra bonus right here. So that was in something I cooked at some point. Pig nipple. Uh Delicious. Delicious. Wow. Adi? Yes. I have a a story about, uh, somebody that was stupid. So when I was a little kid and we used to do wrestling, I think I touched on this in a previous episode, but we used to do wrestling and stuff. And I confirmed this story. That's why I'm telling it now. Uh, So when I was a little kid, we used to go to a lot of potlucks for like, okay, at the end of the wrestling season, we're going to have a family potluck. Everybody bring your own dish. Um, Or like I would be playing rugby, anything like that. It was always a potluck so that they didn't have to provide any food. And when I was a kid, my mom would always make like, a big tray of enchiladas or like I don't know, something big, but it was always like, like those cookie sheets I have a huge cookie sheet. They were like that big or double even two of those cookie sheets. So this is like a full family sized portion of whatever she would cook. And she would slave away all day making enchiladas is actually a lot of work or tamales or something like that. It's a lot of work. And so she would always bring something like that. But, I would actually, as much as I liked those dishes, I would always look forward to the food that we didn't get to eat, which was things like French onion dip and uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets, although we ate that sometimes, Um, and just all these like other random, oh, the meatballs in the, the crock pot with grape jelly. Yeah, so I would look forward to all these other random dishes that other people would make, but I never knew what they were, so... uh, just recently I decided to make French onion dip. I think I touched on this before, but the French onion dip is literally Lipton soup. I I looked it up because I was like, oh, what's the recipe? Lipton soup into sour cream is the official recipe. That's it. That's all. (laughs) These people that were going to crock after mama did all this work, these other people that were going were taking Lipton soup and into sour cream, mix it up, and that's it. Hey, they're busy. (laughs) 
I made it made me very angry for Mama. Like I know, and she said that she. St- I called her up and I talked to her about it today. She said that she stopped putting in the work because so many people were just showing up with like Costco, you know, cupcakes or like a baked product or. When I was a kid, a lot of times it was Blackjack Pizza, which was the local really cheap pizza chain, Blackjack Pizza, the the official pizza of wide receiver Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart, Rod Smith, (laughs) not the singer, Rod Smith. Um, He he used to do all the ads and he probably still does. I don't know. He's probably in his late 60s, but still doing ads for them. Um, Anyway, so it made me very angry to think about how much work she had put into stuff that other people were just phoning in. Right. Yeah. Adi. Yes. Um, we have a uh, story about our friends because I haven't gotten to play this theme song in a while. A friend's a friend who knows what being a friend is. Talking with a friend. As friends, we were always so close but so far away. Frank and I were reminiscing the other day about when our friend Keegan had a studio in the basement of Academy Records here in Brooklyn. Did you ever go down there? Went to... Where was the old location? It was on North 6th and between yeah, Barry I... and Wyeth? Is that I right? Think I think I'd been to both. You saw Keegan's studio, though? I think the old one and the current, or the no, most but you, recent one. Did you go into the basement, I'm saying? Oh, okay. I think so. Yeah, so Keegan had a studio down there. And this is the old Academy Records, which is like the big record store in the neighborhood. They have a few. There there were at one point in time, I think, three of them. There's one on the Lower East Side for sure. Um, but the one on North 6th used to be this. North 6th Street used to be basically kind of just a bunch of empty warehouses for a long time in the early 2000s. And there was Zablowski's Bar, which I used to work at very quickly. Yeah. Um, but then everything else was basically just like there was a grocery store there for a while. Um, but other than that, it was nothing. And so Academy had a warehouse that they had that was one story and it was a big white box, but just row after row after row of records. But, uh, I got to know Keegan through Frank. And so we would go visit him and his studio, Keegan does silk screening uh, and other printing processes. His studio was, we would go to the back of the, the record store space and down a set of stairs that were like janky two by fours and then in the bo- as soon as you hit the bottom it was just stacks and stacks and stacks of boxes and there were there was like all kinds of crazy dusty crap down there and there was one thin little like pathway that you could go to the left and it would lead you eventually to where Keegan's studio area was and his studio was in the basement but there was a window but the window actually didn't give any light really to the studio area because it was like the window was about maybe two and a half feet from like a concrete wall that formed the roof also. So it was like very little light from this thing. So it was like musty, super, super musty down there. Um, And the reason that Frank and I were talking about it is that Frank's current bike, one time we went down there to visit and Frank saw the bike and was like, whose bike is that? And Keegan said, it must be one of the other guys. And Frank was like, do they want to sell it? And Keegan was like, I don't know. I'll look into it. And so uh, after like a week or whatever, Keegan was like, oh, that guy said he'll give it to you for 75 bucks. So Frank gave him the 75 bucks and Frank has had this bike for like, at this point, it's got to be 10, 12 years now. So anyway, I just wanted to remember because it was such a, it was such a weird space. Like 
back then this neighborhood wasn't nearly as developed. It was just a lot of warehouses. They've since moved to what street is that? Franklin and Oak. Yeah, I think Franklin and Oak. And uh, it's a much smaller space, but Keegan still works out of the back there. So I don't, he must know the owner really well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Keegan in a while, but he does good print work. If you ever need anybody to print you a book, that's a guy right there. Um, Adi? Yes? I have a story about a glitch. If I can find the glitch theme. <laughs> This last week, Twitter got hacked like 15 different times, <laughs> actually more than that. Uh, so all of a sudden one day people were saying like, oh, this Twitter account is, it was um, what it was doing, uh, what these, these accounts were doing is they were all verified accounts and it was people like Barack Obama and uh, just what, so they would take over the Twitter account and they would post a link that said, due to coronavirus, I'm doing a, a Bitcoin giveaway. Yeah. Send X amount of Bitcoin here and I'll send you back double a doubling scheme. Yeah. And they took over like it, they took over Barack Obama, number one. They took over all kinds of different accounts. But the way that they did it is that there's a glitch in Twitch or Twitter's um, security system. I didn't read how they did it. Which is that they uh, were able to contact Twitter's own security team. And get them to give them access to the accounts by providing information that somehow proved that it was them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently they were using some kind of weird, there's a, there's like a dashboard that people who are moderating Twitter can use. And they had access to that, which is what proved that they were able to, or that Twitter accepted as proof. And part of the problem with this is that it also, the having access to the dashboard allowed people to see that Twitter actively sh- like bans, shadow bans people, which means they are allowed to post and speak, but the general Twitter audience doesn't know that they exist. Yeah. And there was some information that was contained within this dashboard that proved really? that this thing that people have talked about for a long time actually exists. Yeah. So it was pretty, pretty silly. Private company. It, the, the, the last time I checked how much money had been transferred into that wallet, because the way Bitcoin works, you can see how much money is in a wallet. Um, it was like 83 million, 83 million. So we'll see if that actually, I I actually need to follow up and see if that hack actually worked. Um, if they caught those people, anything like that, but that's doubtful, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty doubtful, but there is, there are ways to track Bitcoin, but more than likely it was, if I had to guess, it was probably somebody just in like Eastern Europe or something and they're never going to get caught because their country doesn't have laws around that kind of hacking. I thought they had said something about the source Oh, I didn't see. But you know what? Maybe we can follow up. Maybe we... I feel like they're like, we don't think it's that, but I don't remember if it's... I might be thinking of another... I bet... I'm surprised oh, they didn't what? say... I'm surprised they didn't blame it on North Korea. They love blaming that kind of stuff on That's North true. Korea. Yeah. I actually... um Don't listen to me. I'm thinking of a different uh, hack that happened to some non- a non-profit software company that I've just, seen before, so... You're just making stuff up. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that one. All right, Adi. Yes. We're going to talk... This is the first ever Up to No Good but it's not about me. As much as I like confessing to all my crimes here on 
public radio radio uh yes there's been so much crime that there's none left for me to commit right now there's a ton of crime going on in greenpoint oh yeah and i'm not behind it so i just wanted to quickly talk about some of the stuff that's been going on oh wow this is a surprise yeah it's a surprise it's it's bad stuff that's happening and i didn't do it for once yeah so the first thing is we talked about frank a minute ago uh frank uh, his neighbor apparently somebody was trying to bust in his front door with a crowbar recently Not he good. said that his neighbor has like little kids so you can see little kids bikes if you look in the front door glass yeah so i guess some junkies were probably trying to get the bikes but they did a really poor Maybe job and didn't get are. in yeah well yeah. i mean just based on the low level of theft that they were trying to do um but there's also been a ton of robberies going on just around the neighborhood people are are robbing all kinds of bars and restaurants. Um, Pete's candy store, you said, got broken into. Yeah, just last night. And the I guy, think. what happened? The guy. Oh, he he broke in, but then didn't he? He um basically destroyed this antique register that they have. Looking for money. Yeah, looking for money. There wasn't anything in it. And I guess that's all he really thought to look for is he didn't touch the... They said they had iPads in there that were not taken. And obviously yeah. none of the liquor was touched. So yeah, it was just... Then it just damaged property because there was no money involved. And then uh, some was... Well, they don't know if it's the same person or not, but broke into Palace Bar, which a friend of ours owns. They uh, tried they, to. They tried yeah. to. Well, they, they tried to. They tried to break into... They tried to unsuccessfully yeah. because they tried to break in through a stained glass window with a brick but the stained glass window it has like a, a metal barrier in between each gl- mm-hmm. so they broke all the glass out but of course the which is sad yeah of co- i mean it's an old glass window yeah but the the metal itself didn't break so they couldn't get in yeah it's it's really stupid because there's yeah. other windows you can get in through in that place um so they also another guy hit bagel point that we talked about this already yeah. Bagel all point. three of them are probably the same guy based on that the guy reports. if it's that guy i was watching a video You're of saying him it probably is i was watching a video of him he had knives strapped to the back of his calves but he's wearing like cargo shorts but he has knives strapped to the back of his calves in case i guess somebody I, accosts him i don't know i guess but, yeah yeah so there's there's just we talked we already talked about the bagel point one last week but um other stuff is like a vintage store on NASA, a bar called Midnight, Safe House, Broken Land, Anella. People are just really using this this lull as an opportunity to start breaking into all these businesses. And Not good, especially find... since those are the businesses that are barely in business right They're now. They're already hurting, yeah. So it's just bad. Adi, you know what else is bad? What? These, uh, this story is bad. <laughs> I have a disgusting. This is this is this is actually probably the least disgusting, but also oh, the most disgusting story that I have because oh. I had to live through it and it was terrible. Oh, so when I may have told this, I don't think I did, but I may have told this before. But I'm telling it again. When I went to India, well, number one, I've told the part of the story about India, which was yes. them flinging toilet water into my yeah. mouth while I'm about, sleeping. Yeah, anyway, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. So while we were in India, we went to um, Udaipur. I want to say is the city that has the little floating castle. 
uh, that was in like a James Bond movie. There's a, a lake, a big lake, and there's a little castle out on the lake. It's not that little actually, but a castle out on the lake, and it's very famous as like a vacation home of somebody. And so we were in this town, and I had been ill this entire trip so far. And we get um, a hostel for me and Izzy and Miguel to sleep in. And so we go out, and we're eating, and whatever, and everything's fine. It's overpriced, because it's a really over-the-top touristy town that we're staying in. Um, like, the food was way more expensive than it should have been. The Indian food was not... It, it tasted like the chef wasn't Indian, even though we were in India. Um and so uh, we went back to the, the hostel at the end of the night and it was freezing. We were staying way up. It was like, the, oh, no. it felt like the seventh floor, like towards the top of this really tall building. And it was freezing in there. And so the next day Izzy was like, all right, we're, cause we were staying there another day or two. And Izzy said, okay, we have to get, we have to get some blankets. So we went, to, <laughs> we went to the market and for some reason we saw blankets and we were like, okay, cool. And we got three blankets. I don't I don't know why we got these blankets, but we got three blankets. So we take them back to the, the hostel and we're laying them all out. And they, these blankets reeked. They stank so bad, like kerosene and like, but kerosene and like dog musk. Like the only thing I can figure is that these blankets were made of like recycled material and then just printed with a pattern, but they smelled awful but it was the only thing we had to keep us warm all night (laughs) so we're laying under these blankets and like trying to breathe out of the (laughs) the, out of the other side of our mouth while we're laying there and like suffocating oh that was the worst i don't know what we did with those blankets but those i don't even think like washing them would have helped they smelled like motor oil and and old french fry oil i don't know it was disgusting it was absolutely disgusting so that's that's my gross story. It's not that bad, right? Sad. Just sad. It is sad. Adi. Yes. I have some. This this episode is feeling really short. Anyway, I have some uh, recipes that we should talk about. So I have, we had a barbecue and I think I have perfected my chicken, my barbecued chicken recipe. I think so. I think so, right? It came out really good. Okay. So here I had a breakthrough. The breakthrough is that my chicken was coming out. I thought under salted. It wasn't like, it was seasoned well, but it didn't have enough salt to really drive the flavor home. So I combined it with a technique that I saw a Thai lady use. And so here's what I do now. The new barbecue, this is the ultimate barbecue, right. Raphael's ultimate barbecue recipe, chicken barbecue recipe. <laughs> so what you do, you buy a, uh, some legs and some thighs, and then you're going to make the marinade. And the way you make the marinade is you get a pot and you put maybe eight ounces of water in there and you bring it to a simmer. Then you add bouillon, chicken bouillon, which is weird most marinades don't have actual bouillon in them put some chicken bouillon in there and you want a good bit because you want these pieces to be well seasoned so i used three cubes for like what was that 16 pieces of chicken in the marinade so three cubes of bouillon this is the only salt you're adding so you need to remember that too 
Uh, well, I should say you're also adding soy sauce, but we'll get to that. So you add the bouillon, you reduce, uh, bring it, get it all boiled, mix it all in. Then you're adding brown sugar, and then you're mixing that all in. Let it cool. To that, after it cooled, you're going to add one big bottle of Italian dressing marinade, or sorry, Italian dressing, which really brings the marinade together. And then you're going to add soy sauce, celery seed, and what is, there's one other thing. Oh, garlic powder. That's all I add. Stir it all together. And then I put my chicken into a Ziploc bag and you pour in, you know, all the marinade, split it evenly, however you need to do it. And then you take your chicken and you get all the air out of the bag, put it in the bottom of your fridge, leave it there for like 12 to 18 hours. You want it to really like soak up the flavor. Um, And then when you actually go to barbecue it, you take your chicken out of the bag 12 to 18 hours later take it out of the bag and you let it kind of you shake it a little bit get as much marinade off as you can without having to actually pat it dry put it on a tray and then you're just going to make a mixture of chili powder brown sugar black pepper garlic powder that's it no salt again and you sprinkle that all over each piece both sides coat it really well and that's your dry rub and then you just take it to the barbecue and you just barbecue it how you normally barbecue chicken um and it comes out it came out really really good it's good and it looks really good too it looks it gets kind of like a really nice bronze and then the char bits and the thing is that because it's marinated in sugar and then you do the dry rub too those char bits are like a little extra good i don't know they come out really it come it came out really really well we have two pieces that i'm going to make some sandwiches and this is definitely the, the best version oh yeah this is the best version so i've made so yeah. far and i i used to add all kinds of other stuff to in there like lime juice or vinegars or this and that the, that always i think dried the chicken out this the this method with no acid really and the the um italian dressing really really makes the m- most moist chicken i've ever had it's amazing it comes out really 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 moist so I was very proud of my recipe, and I um, am going to definitely do it again soon because I enjoyed it. Uh, although, like I said, we still have some to eat through. Um, Adi? Yeah? I have a story about Papa. There was a time when we were little kids that Miguel and I lived in the same room which isn't there anymore because the house got remodeled since then. And it was a tiny little room that was like, I'm making arms. Yeah. It was small. Um, it looks small. Yeah. And there, there was a window in that room, but it was small. And uh, we used to live in there and we had all our toys and we had a bunk bed. And that bunk bed is where I got the, the scar that I have up here that is in my hairline. scar line. there? Yeah. It's because I, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I have a scar up there. It's very faint because you I was do? little when I got it. Yeah. But it's right on my hairline. Do you see it? No. Oh, well, I have a scar. I've never seen that. So that scar was from (laughs) one time when I took a running leap onto the bunk bed and I jumped too high and my head just completely caught the bunk bed. Anyway, so Miguel and I lived together in this room and it was a mess. We had our toys everywhere. It was an absolute mess. And Papa came in (laughs) and he yelled at us. He said, Papa said, if you kids don't clean up this room tonight, I'm going to come in tomorrow with a shovel and I'm going to throw it all away. And Miguel and I were like, no, it's all going in the the trash. I'm going to throw it all. I'm going to take a shovel and throw it all away. 
no, Papa, no. And he, he had said, if, if you don't get it cleaned up tonight, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. So Miguel and I like slowly started cleaning it, just <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> I remember like picking up Legos, but also like kind of playing with the Legos a little bit. And then putting them away. <laughs> and then like picking up my action figure and kind of playing with my action figure and then putting it away. And so it, Mama, she came by. It must have, to me, it felt like it was the middle of the night, but it yeah. must have been. Maybe like 11, 1130 yeah, or something not, like that. Well stark. later than we were supposed to be asleep. I remember at one point mama came in and she was like, what is going on in here? What are you guys doing? And we were like, Papa said he's going to throw all our toys away. <laughs> and she was like, what? Now get, go to bed. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so we went to bed and I don't think we ever properly had to clean our room. So we got one over on Papa. He didn't throw our toys away. So, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, that's a good story. Adi. Yes. I found some junk. So, I found a lot of junk that I didn't pick up this week. There is more evidence than ever, I would say, of people moving out of the neighborhood and not coming back based on if you use the logic when people move within the city they tend to move their furniture like a dresser right you would yeah, imagine of course there are i've seen so many dressers out on the street and it's not stuff I'm, it's obviously not stuff i'm interested in there are so many dressers out on the street it's insane um and they'll the the worst part is that they're not getting picked up and taken away by sanitation They'll sit there for like two weeks. Like when you get up in Greenpoint, there's a ton of dressers just sitting out on the street. So, and then bed frame, a lot of bed frames, yeah. a lot of like stuff expensive that expensive furniture. You wouldn't think it's not even stuff that's know. expensive that I'm worried about. It's just stuff that I know for a fact. Like if you're doing an within the city move, you take that you're with you. Take it, yeah. yeah. So I I haven't found that much good junk, but I've there's a lot of stuff out on the streets. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of piles that are children's stuff which i don't know if that also indicates a move but like there's uh i've walked around a a whole bunch of piles that recently that are just like small children's toys young children's toys um and clothing that they're just giving away so i don't know what that indicates but there's a lot of it happening um what i did find this week is well I, i just found this uh lego bin that's meant for holding like Duplos, but it's a big Lego block, plastic Lego block. I'm definitely going to fill that with probably some video game stuff that doesn't have a home otherwise. But more than that, the, the best thing I've ever found in my entire life is this lit jewel no, no, it... vaping sign. The greatest find of all time. <laughs> it's actually not. I didn't even really want it, but I looked it up online and the only one I could find was like 120 bucks. So I was like, all right, so maybe this is worth some cash. So it's it's like what? It's like maybe a foot and a half long by a foot tall, something like that. And it just says jewel. Yeah. And it's illuminated from behind by a bunch of LEDs. And that's the thing is like I have lit signs. I have multiple lit signs. So I like lit signs. I don't care about jewel. And I especially don't like that it's lit by LEDs. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not, not attractive. Particularly- yeah. It was. Warm it's so unattractive yeah. that I set it up earlier, and the cat ran away as soon as I, <laughs> I plugged it in. So. Are you still gonna ship it to someone? I 
so the the original plan was I was going to sell it. I was like, uh, maybe somebody wants this. I'll sell it for like 30 bucks on Craigslist. I got exactly zero offers on <laughs> Craigslist. At least you tried. Yeah. And then, uh, so I turned it onto a, a Discord that I'm on and somebody there said that their younger brother might want it. He has not followed up. I will follow up with oh. him. But otherwise, it's going to go right back into the trash. If you if you are interested in a jewel illuminated sign, yeah. give us a call. Our phone number, as always is something that I can't find out. Anyway, nobody wants this jewel sign, Adi. But if you do, call us. Yeah, give us a call. Adi. Yes? Let's talk about something you care about. So next week, MTA facing $350 million budget cut. They always are. That's a topic. That's a topic. Go. Okay, go. Oh, wow. Wait, well, that's that's the prompt? Yeah. What am I supposed to say? Of course, they're, they're always in, in the red. How are they going to dig them their, themselves out of this if their budget is getting cut and ridership is down? Do you think they're going to... My my only theory. I know I'm offering a lot. To my only bit. theory about what they can do is that they're gonna probably run a skeleton crew late night, and by late night I mean they're gonna stop at like eleven thirty, maybe run one train, eleven thirty one train twelve thirty. Yeah, they're gonna cut service and then they're gonna raise fares. Yeah. Which is gonna be nonsensical. Yeah. Because no one has any money. Yeah. And they're cutting service, but. It, that's what's always happened. It's going to happen that's, again. Exactly. But no. I, and they're this, not going to successfully change how they're structured, which yeah. is what they need to do, honestly. Radical. We, but, need, we need people to take over, what is it? Occupy MTA. That's what we need. MTA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. But that's, yeah, that's not, that's not a thing. Do so. you think, do you, do you think that the transit say, do you think transit will be here in 50 years? What do you mean? The subways. You think they'll be functional in 50 years still? Yeah. What do they need to make? Like, what changes do you think they need to make to make it there in 50 years? I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm having a hard time just imagining <laughs> them being gone. A future without subways. I, I mean, it's just if it gets to the point that it's so expensive that nobody rides it, what are they going to do? Everyone's always going to ride it in New York. They're going to just keep. Unless, unless they all get destroyed by the hurricanes, but. You know, that's only we keep getting a bunch of big hurricanes. So they can, if they raise the the fares up to fifteen dollars a ride. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm, and then services once an hour. Yeah, I just, I just don't. Okay, maybe I'm not, I'm not really going about this the right way. MTA is always going to say they have no money for anything. Yeah, they're not going to want to do anything structurally to improve themselves or cut bloat, and. They're going to put it on the ridership. It's more of the same. But wait, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the same, but they're they're going to get out of it somehow, not in a meaningful way. Like they already have their plan. Like they're not, they already cut the capital improvement plan that they're about to spend money on, you know, like yeah. adding elevators and accessibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. You I know, saw like that. That's gone. And it's a joke to think that they're going to bring it back anytime soon. Um I, 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 I guess I just am not. I maybe I should take this more seriously, but 
I'm I'm not taking it so seriously in the sense that I think they're going to be fine. At least they're going to be fine. Yeah. And I am taking it seriously because I already know it's going to be more of the same in which they, like I said, put it on the ridership. Yeah. And you're going to have more crumbling stations and you're just going to have to deal with it. Deal with it. That's the the new MTA motto. Deal with it's it. It's just, yeah, especially if it's the MTA board as it exists now and the same people are running it as it exists now. Yeah. Headed by the state. It's just not, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Sorry I'm being a downer, guys. That's our, that's our, that's our um, Sorry. subway update from Adi. Yeah. Adi. Yes. I have a recommendation. I've told myself for over a year now, I need to cut that theme, that transition shorter. That one's too long. Um, I think it's fine. Adi? Yes? I have a recommendation. My recommendation? People should learn to make fried rice. You're yawning. yawning. Sorry. <laughs> You're like staring at me. I'm, I'm yawning. I, I was waiting, waiting for a reaction. I'm sorry. You should learn to make fried rice. We have rice leftover a lot of times because i'll make you rice and beans or i'll make uh, mexican rice or something like that and any even mexican rice like with tomato and chicken stock and all that kind of stuff in it makes good fried rice all you got to do is you get whatever vegetables you have you mince them up you get whatever meat you got mince them up then you start the rice get it going add that in and then my favorite my my secret is that all fried rice tastes really good with egg in it so i make some egg scramble that up Toss it in there that's at the end. Yeah, 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 that's a good secret. Um, but with the Asian, if you're making, you know, if you want it to be somewhat Asian and you have soy sauce, the other secret is a little bit of fish sauce in there. Fish sauce really kicks it up oh, a notch. Oh, when you start yeah, doing yeah. that, it's, yeah, it's it been stinks. Good. It smells terrible, but it it's oh, tastes it really tastes good. So good. It tastes yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I I highly recommend. You, you know, we're going into depression 2.0. Learn how to make some fried rice. That's that's what fried rice is, is the scraps and bits left over, all fried up and delicious. You got to add a little extra. The one thing that is depressing about making fried rice, though, is that you realize how much oil they probably add in fried rice at oh, the restaurants. Yeah, but yeah. just go a little easy, but it still takes a little <laughs> bit of oil. So that's my recommendation. Adi? Yes? I, we have some uh, follow-ups to uh, stories that we've talked about previously. Actually, it's just one follow-up about oh, mosquitoes. I, I was already if you're all mosquitoes. The follow-ups. Mosquitoes. Yes. They're everywhere. They are everywhere. So. They're in. They're in the apartment. They're in the backyard. I went to barbecue yesterday or two days ago. Made that barbecued chicken, and while I was out there, I had mentioned previously to the landlord yeah. that I thought him having a kiddie pool out there for weeks at a time was a bad idea. And uh, that there, I thought maybe that had something to do with the insane amount of mosquitoes that we're having. And he said, no, of course, right? And he said, nah, there's no mosquito larva in there. No. So when I was out there barbecuing, I was like, oh, let me take a look in this mos- this children's pool and take <laughs> see if there's any mosquito larva in there. There were mosquito larva. There was thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of little larva. Horror movie. Swimming around. And if you bumped the site, they were all sitting in the shade. 
So if you bumped the side, you, they all did their like gross little corkscrew swim away. Oh. It was disgusting. So I immediately pulled the plug and dumped a bunch of bleach in there. And I, it was so gross. And it's like, why he already, we already knew that we had the mosquito yeah. problem. Why did he fill it again and leave it when they go away for the weekend to a family reunion? Yeah, there's so. no problem if they're using it and... Yeah, watching if, it, you know. And he was like, "Oh, you know, I I looked it up online. I, it says it it takes two weeks for them to mature, so you're good." And I was like, "So in the meantime, just hang out with hang out with a bunch of mosquito larvae, I guess." Yeah. But it was it's a, it's an issue. I think I I don't believe that two weeks. I think it's like four days, maybe. Okay. I don't. So, yeah, I have never looked it up. It's disgusting. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up now so I can have some more content to be angry yeah. about. <laughs> Adi. Yes. I have some thoughts that don't fit anywhere else. <laughs> I swallowed some seltzer the other night and I started hiccuping really hard and I couldn't stop. And fortunately, I I remembered the hiccup cure that I mentioned a long, long time ago on this show, which is, here's how you cure hiccups. I'm telling you right now. And well, there's two cures. There's the first cure, which is the slice of lemon, bitters, sugar, and salt. And you take a bite. That works great. This is the other cure. This is the other cure that I don't think I mentioned before on the show. So what you do is you f- take a big swig of liquid, like water, whatever. Just don't swallow. So you want your mouth entirely full of liquid. No, don't swallow. And then what you do is you take your fingers and you plug your ears completely tight. Yep, completely tight. And then you swallow just a little bit of the water. And you do that as many times as you can. Just keep swallowing just a little bit of the water. T- the water is actually only there to help you keep swallowing, but something about that action of plugging your ears and then doing this focused swallowing completely gets rid of hiccups instantly. So wow. I learned that from my, I want to say sixth grade computer teacher who had hemorrhoids and had to sit on a donut. Um, he told me to do that and it works. So him having hemorrhoids is just a side Irrelevant. story. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> It's not part of it. Adi, <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> so my question, what are they going to do with like this massive part of the economy that isn't going to be functional for the next year and some, which is bars and restaurants? I have no idea. There's so many... Every bar and restaurant only has like one tenth of their normal staff right now, and that's all they need. Yeah. What are they going to do? What, do we need to go learn to code? What? Do I, tell me what to do. Should I start plumbing? I, I'll be a plumber. I don't care. Everyone's asking this. Nobody knows, and there's been no and guidance, and it's just so many, so many people. It's affected. so many people, and no, none of them have any. <laughs> nobody has any skills, so it's is like. This is, well, this is supposed <laughs> to be the industries that yeah, are the, always around. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, oh, that's why I'm so bars like, always going to be there. That's why I'm so worried. Is yeah. it's like, do you do you want me to sell drugs? I'll I'll sell drugs. I mean, like being a pharmacy rep, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'll do that. I, Legal. Whatever. I, there, there's so much money in that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll run around with a briefcase and give You're presentations. You're really good at selling those museum memberships. That's what I'm saying. I can, <laughs> I, can, I have some talents, but 
what what are people gonna do i don't i have no idea it's really scary they need just, to just think about the so many people and families it's so and, many yeah. so many people depending on that as their livelihood which is why we're seeing so many people moving out of new york already yeah. is that they had zero savings so it's just bad oh man we're in trouble howdy what's up everybody's stupid including me <laughs> Do you know which story this is already? No. So we took a trip into Manhattan last week to visit a friend of yours and also to get your iPhone fixed because there were zero appointments at the local Apple repair yeah. store. So we're walking around, we're walking around uh, Chelsea, which is one of the more expensive neighborhoods in the in Manhattan, right? It's pretty pricey. Yeah. And so we're walking around and I see a... You know how they have the realtor signs <laughs> oh. and then... The name of the realtor is on the sign. And then it says the rest of the, list, the listing. So we're walking around and I see the, the real estate agent who's listed at the top, like I said. Their name is Dreamy Prewar. And I was like, <laughs> that's a really interesting like Indian name, right? Like, yeah. I, I've known people named Pretty before. I've known people named like all kinds of weird. They name their kids whatever. As long as they like a word, that's the name. So Dreamy is not out of the realm of possibility and the last name prewar i mean sure sure so wow i'm looking at the sign <laughs> and i'm like reading the rest of the details and i'm like i think that's like an indian <laughs> an indian that's a real estate agent and then it clicked that it's it's not dreamy prewar it's yeah. a dreamy pre-war apartment apartment yeah hello built pre <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm i'm an idiot <laughs> Howdy. What are we looking forward to? You gotta do what? I gotta believe. What are you looking forward to? Going on your trip tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going upstate for at least a few hours tomorrow. I mean, it's supposed to rain, so... Bring an umbrella. And yeah. A, well, you're bringing a swimsuit already, right? I am. Perfect. <laughs> I, You know what I am looking forward to? What? Joe Biden's announcement of his vice president, which is coming up Jul- uh, very soon because last uh, election cycle, July 22nd was when she announced that Tim Kaine... So that's tomorrow. I forgot Tim Kaine existed. Yeah. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to the announcement that um, Joe Biden is going to be the vice president <laughs> and Hillary Clinton is going to be the president. This is going to be fantastic. You're staying strong. It's coming. <laughs> I, I just don't want to owe Joe Gannon 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a feeling, I have a feeling by the end of this all, I still feel like I have a good shot. Like I, it's, I, I still, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of time between now and November. So anyway, all right, Adi, I think we should get out of here. <laughs> On that note. On that note. <laughs> a lot of time between now and November. So, um, yeah, if you're uh, interested in emailing us, double dungeon, hotmail.com. Give us a call. Call your mom. Bye! Or like a brum. Bye!